spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley, and to start the show today, we're going to spend a few minutes talking about our health, specifically our bone health. And joining us in studio is Lanier DeBrusi. She is the Senior Manager of Food and Nutrition Outreach with the Dairy Alliance uh, here in the metropolitan Atlanta area, but it's a national organization. May, your initiative is bone health. Why? Yeah, Condis, May is National Osteoporosis Awareness Month. And it's so funny, you know, people think of osteoporosis as a geriatric disease, something that we don't necessarily need to think about until we're much older. But the reality is it's actually a childhood disease with geriatric consequences. So unless we're taking care of our kids' bones when they're younger, then they're going to have osteoporosis later in life. And that's why I'm thrilled to be able to talk to you about it today. This sounds like something that most parents may not be aware of. In fact, we just did a study where 52% of parents had no idea with what they're doing with their children's diet now affects their bone health later in life. So we stop building bones at about age 30. And so when we're, our kids are younger, we need to be giving them those r- nutrient-rich foods that have calcium, vitamin D, and, and protein to help build those bones because by age 30, we're not building any more bones. So think about it like, like a bank account. So... For example, calcium. Think about giving your kids calcium-rich foods to build that bone bank so they have more to pull from later in life. I don't think I knew that we stop growing our bones by the age of 30. And then essentially, if you haven't done the right things from zero to 30, it's all downhill after that. You're exactly right. So that's why you want that bone bank to be so full. And even when we're younger, you know, while we're building that bone, the peak bone absorption changes. So when we're kids, we're absorbing eh, like 70, maybe even 90% of the calcium that we take in in our diet. But even when you're in your teens, it's decreased all the way to about 10, 15%. The calcium that you're taking in your diet, only 10, 15% is absorbed. So again, it is so important for our kids to be getting these nutrient-rich foods. And it's very hard. I'm a mom and I'm a dietitian and I realize how hard it is because, you know, when we were growing up, it was, you know, It was milk, water, juice. That was kind of it. Those were our choices. But look at all the choices that our kids have now for beverages. And it's really hard to um, combat some of that. So getting nutrient-rich milk, getting yogurt, getting cheese, there are all these great things in the dairy aisle that you can be putting in your child's diet to help build that bone bank. Drinking cow's milk, you tell us, is associated with... What and heart disease? All dairy foods. Intaking dairy foods is associated with a decreased risk of heart disease, hypertension, and even some cancers. And weight. It helps you you kind of maintain your weight because it has protein in it. So it helps you stay fuller longer and maintain your weight. But again, just as you said, on the dairy aisle, 
in any supermarket in our community, there is sometimes today probably more non-dairy food than there is dairy food. Talk to us some about the the disadvantages of consuming the non-dairy options that are there. Absolutely. And and it's it's amazing looking at how many of those dairy alternatives are available now, but the nutrition just does not stack up to real cow's milk. Real dairy milk is simple. It has simple natural ingredients in it. When you look at the label of the uh, the milk alternatives, you'll see it's it's a lot of stuff that you can't necessarily pronounce and you have to shake the bottle up because a lot of it has been added in. And there's something called bioavailability. And what does that, that mean? That means how well your body absorbs certain nutrients. So the bioavailability of the nutrients in milk is much better than that in the dairy alternatives. So it's, and the price is, is wonderful. You know, you're getting nine essential nutrients, including eight grams of protein for 25 cents an eight ounce glass. And it's really funny. If you look at what foods you would have to eat to get the nutrients in a, in a glass of milk. So, for example, we're supposed to have three glasses of milk or three servings of dairy every day if you're nine years or older. To get even just the calcium in those three glasses of milk, you would have to eat 38 cups of raw kale. To get the vitamin D, you'd have to have 15 I sardines. I like kale, but not that much. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you would have to consume a lot of food to get the nutrients in just that those servings of milk or yogurt or cheese. Now, I can't tell you the last time that I actually drank a glass of whole milk. Mm -hmm. So as long as it's milk, because I mean, I put skim in my coffee. That's good, right? It is absolutely true. Yes. And even flavored milks, chocolate milk, strawberry milk, vanilla milk, they're all cow's milk and even lactose-free milk. Lactose-free milk is real cow's milk just with the lactose broken down so your stomach ha- doesn't have the kind of tummy troubles if you have lactose intolerance. And that's a grand concern for many people in the African-American community who report, self-report oftentimes being lactose intolerant because you'll have some ice cream or a glass of milk and then feel really good going down, but not so much afterwards. You know, and I'm so glad you brought that up because that it is a true concern. And, and you said self-diagnosis. And it's very important that you truly get diagnosed by a physician because sometimes if you are having stomach issues and GI issues, there might be something else underlying going on that you need to address. But if it is lactose intolerance, the good news is you don't have to break up with lactose. You can break up with dairy. You can still include dairy in your diet, and you should, because that's a huge food group that you're cutting out that gives you all these wonderful nutrients. You know, as we spoke about, it helps decrease all these diseases, and it's delicious. So choosing lactose-free milk having um, a lactase enzyme, you know, they make those chewable enzymes that you can take. Hard cheeses, I don't know if you knew this, but hard cheeses like cheddar or Swiss have no lactose in them. Remember uh, Little Miss Muffet, curds in the whey, when let that lactose goes away with the whey. So those curds that are left, the less moisture, there's the less lactose. And then even yogurt. Yogurt with live active cultures, those live active cultures break down that lactose and it's easier to digest. So there are many great options. And in fact, our website, thedairyalliance.com, has a tab full of wonderful and beautiful recipes that you could, your family would love and you could even entertain with and nobody would know the difference. I understand you guys in the survey that you did discovered a number of quite shocking myths about what we think is dairy that's not. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things. You walk in the grocery store, you see your milk, you see your eggs, you see your yogurt. It's kind of it all comes from the farm, right? But it doesn't all come from a cow. So it's it was really really funny to us to realize that 
a lot of people think that eggs are dairy, and they're not. They're, they obviously don't come from a cow. And when people sit there and kind of start to think about it, they go, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But it's funny because it's all right there. I mean, eggs are nutritious. Um, and but, they are a protein. And they are a protein. They have about six grams of protein. Um, in an egg, but you know what? Milk has eight grams per glass, so um, they're all they all can be part of a really healthy, wonderful diet. I think you already said this once, but I think it's worthy of sharing again. You found that most people couldn't break down the nutritional contents of an eight ounce glass of milk. Right? People don't realize all that milk has to offer. They don't realize that milk has eight grams of protein. You know, our society for some reason thinks that protein is so so important, and it is. Um, and they don't realize milk is a wonderful source of protein. Eight grams, like I said, more than an egg. Um, it has calcium. It has potassium. It has vitamin D. It has pantothenic acid. Do you know what that is? I do not. Pantothenic acid is a B vitamin. B, oh. vi- B vitamins help boost our energy. It helps break down our food and gives us energy. It, it really is a powerhouse beverage. And all the foods made from milk are just powerhouses of nutrients. So as a registered dietitian and an executive over at the Dairy Alliance, uh, what should moms and dads be thinking about making sure our kids get, especially as we move into these warm summer months, to make sure that we're getting our appropriate dairy allowance each and every day? So from one to three years old, you need to be having two servings of dairy every day. From four years old to eight years old, two and a half servings. And then nine years and older, you're having three servings of dairy every day. And think about all the different things you can do with dairy. You know, it would be wonderful if you had a glass of milk with every meal and water in between. That's three servings. You can make smoothies. You can get those yogurt tubes and freeze them, especially as we're getting warmer outside. It's getting really warm here in Atlanta. So freezing those and making them kind of popsicles for the kids and making them interesting. Using dairy as an ingredient too. Using milk as an ingredient in soups and smoothies and stratas. Our website, the Dairy Alliance, has beautiful and wonderful recipes. Go on a recipe website. And if you're talking about kids, you know, kids were about to get out of school. You're looking for activities to do with them in the summertime. We have a whole tab kid-friendly recipes that they can help you with. You can talk to them about why dairy is important. And we have education on our website that you can use to talk to your children about the importance of that. Learn where their food is coming from. Learn about farmers. Maybe you could even go see a farmer in your state. So it's really, really interesting and fun to get them involved in the in the kitchen. And again, I'm a mom, I'm a dietitian, and I know that it's important for their health for them to understand and be part of the process of picking it out in the grocery store and helping you make it. And tell us a little bit more about the Dairy Alliance. Who are you guys? Sure. So we are um, the regional affiliate of the National Dairy Council. We represent, we're a nonprofit and represent the dairy farmers um, in the southeast. So we are from Virginia all the way to Louisiana. We have nine states full of wonderful dairy farmers. Um, and it's just it's fascinating to learn and connect consumers with those dairy farmers so they can learn more because, you know, the reality is two percent of our population makes the food for 100 percent of the population. And so um, I really encourage you to learn more about your dairy farmers in your area. Um, feel free to like I said, go on tours. Our website has, has lists of all the farmers in your area. If they offer tours, certainly ask us information. There's a lot of misinformation out there about dairy farming and farming in general. So we are always happy to speak to people about um, 
to help clarify those misconceptions and questions they might have. Stuff like egg is a is dairy. <laughs> like eggs a dairy. Yes, exactly. That's that's funny and not funny at the same time. <laughs> May is not National Osteoporosis Awareness Month, as you said at the start. If you're someone over 50 and you're thinking about, okay, this is what I was, how I was living and how I was eating in my 30s and my 40s. And if there was a chance that, you know, maybe we weren't getting enough dairy in because there was a time when it was an end thing. Oh, no, I'm cutting dairy out of my diet because dairy is bad for me. Can you fix that over 50? It's never too late. It is never too late to invest in your health. So certainly still consume the three servings of dairy every day because what that helps is when your body's needing, you know, those nutrients that it needs, calcium and vitamin D for your bones, um, if you have it in your diet, it's a lot easier for your for your body to take it from that than your bones. Um, because did you know that you get brand new bones every about 11 years? Your bones turn over every about 11 years. So if you have those nutrients in your diet, it's helping your body keep those bones strong and, and preventing you from getting those brittle bones. Um, and then exercise. Exercise is important. Weight-bearing exercises. So um, if you're older, you know, even going up and down stairs, hiking, you know, if you want to pump iron, that's great too. But there are a lot of things you can be doing. And then being in the sun, you know, sunshine is so important, and certainly sunscreen is an important component to our uh, skin health. But um, being outside about 10 to 15 minutes a few times a week without sunscreen on, you know, on your arms, legs, um, helps build vitamin D in your in your blood and in your body. So that could just be, you know, going in and out of, a, of the mall, parking a little farther away so you get a little bit more sun exposure, going for a walk after work. Um, or even at lunchtime at work. Uh, there are a lot of little things you can do to just be outside, be active. Um, and then as we're getting older and our balance is off, try and working on balance because that's when those falls happen when our balance isn't wonderful. Um, and that's when, you know, hips break and arms break um, because it's scary. The statistic is one out of every two women are going to break a bone because of osteoporosis. So there, and the good news is there's so much you can do to make that statistic not you. Do men not get osteoporosis? They do. They certainly do. It's a little higher in women, though. Okay. If there were three things you wanted our listeners to remember about our conversation today, what would those three things be? First one would be build the bone bank for our children. Make sure that they're getting that calcium, vitamin D, and protein in their diets younger, when they're they're younger. Two is double up on vitamin D. Make sure you're getting those nutrients, um, that nutrient from uh, from your diet, which again, that could be uh, uh, dairy foods, milk, cheese, yogurt. You can get it from fatty fish. You can get it from liver if you like to eat liver. Um, and the sunshine, you can get it from the sunshine. And then the third is educate yourself. Make sure you know your numbers. Make sure you're going to your doctor. Make sure you know they do bone testing to see kind of where you are and what you can be doing to help your um, help your health as you as you age. And again. Our resources are wonderful. They're all free. Go to the dairyalliance.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Lanier DeBruzzi, dietitian and the senior manager of food and nutrition outreach with the Dairy Alliance. Appreciate the info. It was wonderful to be here. Thank you. Okay, now that we are informed about the best dairy products for our kids, especially for the summer, for adults as well, you know, it is graduation season and we're often thinking of what do we give to the graduate? Sometimes a nice book will inspire as well as educate. And one that would be a great gift is called 
I've Been Thinking, Reflections, Prayers, and Meditations for a Meaningful Life. The author is Maria Shriver, mother of four, Peabody Award-winning, Emmy Award-winning journalist and producer. She's written numerous books, many number one on the New York Times bestseller list, and we had a chance to talk about what she's been thinking about. First on her mind, her family. I'm proud of all four of our children, and I know their dad does too, uh, uh, about our four children. They're healthy. They're kind, uh, they're loving, and they bring so much joy uh, to my life. So that has been my greatest purpose, is my greatest purpose. And my work, you mentioned, with Alzheimer's is also my purpose. And I think living a meaningful life, you want to have some purpose in your life that's larger than yourself. That's what I say to my kids all the time. It's cool to have ambition. It's cool to, you know, think about what your career, but you've got to find something that's bigger than you, that gets you up in the morning and that makes you feel good about what you're putting out into the world. How important have you found gratitude to be in your life? Well, I think it's really important. I think we all have something, no matter where we are in our journey, to be grateful for. Even when we're in the midst of terrible pain, grief, and struggle, we can find at least one little thing that we're grateful for. And so for me, putting that into a practice, like putting meditation and prayer into a practice, helps me uh, as I approach each day. Like this morning I woke up and my mind started going, you know, crazy. I was like, oh my God, I have to do this, this, this. And I started feeling like, you know, uh, uh, uh. and I was like, wait a minute, you have a practice, you opened your eyes, practice your gratitude, put your feet on the floor. Oh, wait a minute, you have a meditation practice. So even though it won't be as long as it normally is, try to sit here for a minute and pray and be grateful and be calm so that you can be good when you do your radio interviews. But I think just having that as a practice helps me center myself. It helps me be present and helps me be a better person. As someone who has spent a career asking questions, is it awkward having to answer them when you do press for your books and things? No, not really, because I think this book came out of me asking myself questions, asking myself, what is power? What is community? What is success? What is meaning? Uh, What am I here to do? Uh, What is forgiveness? What is faith? What is inner fortitude? Uh, Have I changed my beliefs? Is that okay? What do I deserve? What do I expect of myself? These are questions uh, that I've asked other people along the way and then turning them onto myself and being surprised at sometimes when my beliefs have changed over time and then being able to write them down and to share them and give perhaps people permission to change their opinion over time. And I always say that that isn't that you're a weak person if you change your opinion. That means that life has impacted you and hopefully you've been open enough to evolve. It would seem, Maria, that we are in the midst of a cultural sea change where women are not only empowered, but are harnessing that power in many areas. You've been on the forefront as a leading woman your entire professional career. What do you make of the times we're in right now? Well, I think they're exciting. They're empowering. I think they're also scary to a lot of people. And I think the challenge in front of women will be, all right, we're going to use our voices. How will we lead differently than men led? I think if we think that men didn't include us at the table, will we include men? Will we lead from a different place? Will we use different attributes? Will we, you know, will feminine power, so to speak, look different from masculine power? And I think the 
the hope is, I certainly hope that it will. I certainly hope that we'll be more compassionate, that we'll be more caring, that we'll be more collaborative. We will need tremendous intestinal fortitude, but I hope we'll also be feminine in our approach to power and we'll be inclusive in a way perhaps that men weren't. And I hope we will be less threatened, less divisive, less scary, uh, less fear-mongering than the past. And I think if we can do that, if we can lead differently, uh, then the world will benefit from us. We all go through times of adversity and stress and strain where sometimes you indeed are struggling to get up in the morning and facing the day. What advice or guidance do you have for not only women, but for all readers on those days when you're just like, you know, I just don't want to get out of bed? Well, I think it's it's, uh, important to know that everybody has those days, right? Everybody has some form of a struggle. And I say to my kids, you know, you will not be devoid of struggle. You will not be devoid of grief. Uh, I write quite a bit about grief in the book. Uh, You will not live a life where you don't lose something. And uh, I think, you know, just knowing, you know, okay, if I just put my feet on the floor, if I just walk into the bathroom, maybe today that's all I can expect of myself. And to be kind of compassionate to yourself. I've had days where I didn't want to get out of bed. I had days where I looked forward and it looked, you know, murky and foggy and I couldn't see anything. And so I think that that's why I think books like this, for me, I've benefited from other people who've shared uh, tidbits from their journeys. And I think you don't have to share everything from your journey. But I think if you can share hope, if you can share inspiration, if you can let people know that there is uh, a tomorrow, that they will, you know, journey forward, that's a great service, I think, to do. And um, I think people who say, hey, I've never had any problems. Everything is perfect. I eat whatever I want. I can do this. I can do that. I don't really believe that, actually, because I've met a lot of those people, and then they're whispering to me about, oh, my God, I'm, I feel this, I feel that. And so I think kind of saying, yeah, I have felt really, really bad. I have felt really depressed. I have doubted uh, myself. I do doubt myself. And yet on another day, I don't. And that's called the human condition, and I think that's called life. Indeed it is. I know many of us daughters believe true to our hearts that in our mothers we won the mom lottery. I know I did, and I know that you did also. Best piece of advice you received from your mother? Life's a marathon, not a sprint. And you can have it all over a lifetime, but don't try to get it all at once. You were really quick on that answer you, you've, and knew right away. What's the, what do you think is the best piece of guidance you've given thus far to your kids? Maybe that and also uh, to be kind, be compassionate, be caring to yourself and to others. Can't have any better advice than that. Now, uh, longevity is a wonderful blessing, as you've had in your career. Many in your family have had. Sadly, many others did not. How have you managed to stay so successful and so relevant in uh, a society that tends to value youth over experience? That phrase that right? Yeah. No, yeah. I think, um, you know, I learned from my parents. They, they had a lot of young friends, and so I've tried to kind of uh, – keep myself around a lot of young people. And I think when you end up single at my age, many of the people that invite you out are only young people, uh, your friends, your kids' friends. And so I think that's been actually, in a funny way, really helpful to me. But I don't think really about staying relevant. I think about staying engaged. I think about staying curious. I think about having a purpose larger than myself and then 
talking to the world about that purpose. And so for me, kind of talking about Alzheimer's, educating women, staying in my profession, that's helped me stay engaged. And if it's made me relevant, so be it. (laughs) What do you want readers to take away from your book, I've Been Thinking, Reflections, Prayers, and Meditations for a Meaningful Life? That they're all worthy of living a divine and meaningful life, and that they are divine, that they are worthy, and that their thoughts matter, and that they matter and that they will survive and they will get through this. The book again is I've Been Thinking, Reflections, Prayers, and Meditations for a Meaningful Life. The author is Peabody Award-winning, Emmy Award-winning journalist and producer, multiple New York Times best-selling author, Maria Shriver. We appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, MyAndalusCondo29, on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.